Good morning, Five Stones. Yeah, good to be here. I, I was, uh, some of, well, I guess most of you don't know who I am, but uh, if you know Mike Chan, that I'm, I'm, I'm his father. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a little bit of an of a, of a association here. So that's how I got to know Five Stone, basically, because of, of Mike and uh, how you know, he's, he was uh, coming here for, for church and, uh, and told me about Five Stones, and we've come and visited a few times. And uh, so it's great to be here. Uh, <coughs> today, I'm, I'm going to be talking about uh, uh, dinner. <laughs> I'm going to be talking about dinner. Uh, <coughs> if, you, if you read the Bible, you know a lot about, you know, in, in, in the scriptures, a lot about, uh, there's a whole lot of stuff being talked about in, in terms of, you know, feasting, eating, uh, breaking of bread like today, we Holy Communion. A lot of a lot of things that's associated with with eating, and uh, so today I'm going to talk about that. Guess who is coming to God's dinner? So if you have your Bibles, t- you turn to Luke chapter 14, uh, and uh, and that's where we're going to be uh, uh, focusing our time in 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 the Bible in Luke chapter 14, 1 to 24. So today, maybe some of you have <coughs> dream of you know, having fine dining, especially during that time when, when we were having that COVID lockdown. It was like, wow, isn't it awesome if we can just go out to eat again? You know, like just go out and have some, some, uh, some fine dining, have some, you know, prime rib or uh, sushi or something like that. And you just go, go and have some tacos, whatever it is. Just have some fine di- dining. But, you know, fine dining is something like uh, you have to p- uh, have a, a time where People surrounded with uh, wonderful uh, surroundings, uh, pleasant atmosphere. Maybe you have uh, renowned chefs uh, cooking for you and exceptional services and, of course, high prices, right? <laughs> and <coughs> so it's, it's, it's a good, good feeling, right, to, to be in a place where we are uh, served and then eating fine food and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah. Thanks to a, a half-price coupon, <laughs> yeah, my uh, way back, I don't know how many years ago, it must be in 2009 or, or 2010, yeah, around that time we were in Chicago, uh, my family and I, we went to uh, this, this uh, revolving uh, tower kind of restaurant, right, a revolving restaurant, and uh, had, a, had a view of Chicago and all that, it's just awesome, just fine. Fine dining, uh, eating some really good food, and uh, served by served by uh, served by a uh, uh, a, a waiter that's uh, that's that speaks uh, uh, with a French accent. So it's 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 <laughs> nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even the water that we we were drinking there, if you notice that, that the water is in that in that, uh, that champagne kind of bucket, right? <laughs> and uh, and and the water water was expensive. Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow. Thanks to, thanks to Groupon, basically, right? Groupon, <laughs> and uh, we we were able to to have a time together at uh, at the uh, this revolving restaurant. Fine dining, it's awesome, really, really awesome. Yeah, fine dining. Yeah, <laughs> fine dining. And when I think about fine dining, I'm thinking about this this picture. I'm thinking about, hey, you know, it be, it, it it is so good to 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 just chow down and and. And get all messed up. It's okay, and nobody's complaining. In fact, 
if I know the parents of this of this baby, <laughs> it, it, it will be uh, they will be so delighted, right, to to see this this baby just just going to town, right, just eating, you know, get fat, baby, you know, like just 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 having awesome time, and uh, and and there will be no, the parents would not say, hey, you know, that that's no good. You should be eating like a dignified person, right? <laughs> it, it it will be just normal and just fun and just awesome and uh, to have this this kid just go to town and I'm I'm a grandfather uh, thanks to Mike yeah and Alyssa <laughs> yeah and uh, and it's so awesome to see to see baby Haley just going to town right just eating and just having fun with with uh, with the foods that we we eat together and she she loves eating foods that uh, Mike and Alyssa loves so every time she she sees the baby. Uh, the baby sees uh, the parents eating something uh, that uh, that they enjoy. So and she points <laughs> and wants to wants to chow down too. So <coughs> here we are in Luke chapter fourteen. It's basically a fine dining experience here that that's going on here, and uh, you can see that uh, as we read in Luke chapter 14, verse 1, it says, One Sabbath day when Jesus went into the house of a leader of, of the Pharisees to eat bread, they were watching him closely. So one Sabbath day, it's supposed to be a, in, in the mind of, of, of the, uh, the readers, the first readers, the, the first century readers of, of the Gospel of Luke. When they think about Sabbath day, what do they think of? They think of, hey, rest day, awesome, you know, good, good to be there to to just relax and uh, especially you go to the house of a leader of the Pharisees. Uh, that's so amazing because the leader of the Pharisees means what? You, you're, you're, you're getting invited to a house that, that's probably going to have a, a really nice bread. Really, really nice bread. And so, and then to eat bread and the whole idea of the eating bread is to give a sense of, as Luke tells us, give a sense of there's an alliance perhaps in, the, in that culture, when you eat bread together in that Middle Eastern culture, you're, you're, you're saying, I'm, I'm being a friend to you. I'm showing hospitality to you. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be, uh, just have a really friendly chat. So when the first readers of this text in, uh, in, 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 uh, in Luke's gospel, the first century readers, when they read that, they're saying, hey, awesome uh, rest day at a likely a big house because this is the leader of the Pharisees and, and there are going to be some good companionship, some great times together uh, and, and just having, having, having a uh, good discussion, good conversation and all that kind of stuff. But, comma, they were watching him closely. So you're wondering, as the first century readers would be thinking, ooh, ooh, <laughs> what's going on here? You know, in the, in the French, from the f uh, present participle, it says of restore, to restore, and it comes from restore, and you get the word restaurant. Yeah. It's supposed to be a relaxing atmosphere, supposed to be, as, a, as the reader reads that, in, the, in, the, in that first century context, you would get a sense of, oh, this is, this is nice. You know, Jesus get, get invited to the house of the leader of the Pharisees. That means he, he's getting recognized by the Pharisees as, as someone who's important. And Jesus was getting popular at that time. So Jesus is getting invited, and, uh, and as the leader of the Pharisees, 
this is a good thing for him to do because it looks good on his resume, right? Have the, uh, have, the, have the popular rabbi come by and o- not only come by but to eat together shows the alliance, right? Shows the alliance and that, that, he, that we are not enemies or anything but they were watching him closely. They were watching him closely. And, uh, and also the Pharisees in that, in, in that day and time, do you think that they see the Pharisees in the way that we see Pharisees today? No. <laughs> they see Pharisees as, as good guys, right? In those days, they say, the Pharisees are good guys. Why? Because they are a people who help people to get holy. So they are, they are religious guys, and, and they, are, they are actually more of the middle class than the ruling elites, which are the uh, Sadducees, right? And so the Pharisees are more like ordinary like, like you and I, but maybe they're a little bit higher because they're, they're holy and, uh, and, they sh- and they point people to the holiness of God. And, uh, and so, in that day and time, they're, they're seen as the good guys, right? In that time, they, they weren't seeing them. Every time we talk about Pharisees here today in our times, say, Ooh, I don't want to be a part of the Pharisees. Ooh, they're so legalistic and, and all that kind. But in those days, they were not thinking that way. They were saying, Hey, Pharisees, good guys, get to go to a good home, get to go to eat bread. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, so nice. But, as you know, they were watching him closely. Right away, we are introduced to tension in the story. Right in front of him, verse 2, was a man who was suffering from swelling of uh, his body. In some of your Bibles, uh, especially uh, ESV, it talks about uh, suffering from uh, dropsy. So, this, this, this is uh, a lot of fluids in the body. You can tell that this person was not, was not well. So right in front, a man suffering from all the swelling of his body. Jesus addressed the legal ex- experts and Pharisees saying, it is, is, it, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? Remembering, what, what do the first century readers think when they say Sabbath? It's relaxing, this is good, this is rest. Restoring, right? And restaurant setting, <laughs> restoring. And uh, verse 4 tells us they were silent. <laughs> Nothing. They were silent. So he took hold of a man, healed him, and let him go and said to them, Which of you, if your son or an ox would fall into a well on a Sabbath day, would not immediately pull him out? And they could not reply to this, and they kept silent. So there was tension in the air right away. At first it was, oh, isn't it awesome to be in a nice house and eat bread and all that kind of stuff? Suddenly there was tension. They could not, there was like nobody was talking. Have you ever been to a, a restaurant and, I mean, full of people, but it was just silence? <laughs> no, there's always commotion, right? There's always some kind of of. of talking and, and jabbering going on, people having fun, you know, and some, some, some people will be uh, you know, getting drunk or <laughs> whatever it is. But there was just silence. People in the house of the big Pharisee, and there was silence. <coughs> then what happened next? Verse 7, when he noticed how they were selecting the places of honor, he told uh, the invited guests, a parable. When you're invited by someone who to a wedding banquet, do not recline in the place of honor or perhaps more distinguished than you may 
have been invited by him. Uh, the one who invited both of you may come and tell you, go to, to go, uh, give this man your place. Then you will begin uh, with shame to take the lowest place. And, uh, and in those days, the pursuit of honor is something that is a real big deal, right? Real big deal. And so it is no surprise. They were pursuing honor. They were going for you know, all the places that are right in front of the, of the, the host. Just like uh, all these nice, lovely people right in front here. We, we, they are the, the privileged place, they're in a privileged spot. And uh, how many of you have gone uh, to school and, you're, and you say, huh, if you want to get in the, in the good graces of your professor, what do you do? You sit right in the front. You sit right there, right? And, uh, and I'm the one that always sit at the back because <laughs> I, I don't want to be known. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to be known. Uh, especially picked on by a professor to, a to answer a question, say, oh man, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, anyhow, they were pursuing these places of honor, and, uh, and Jesus told a parable. A parable. And Jesus was uh, trying to appeal to the honor. If you read the text, it goes on in verse 10. When you are invited, go and recline in the lowest place. He was not, he was not trying to. Uh, to uh, you know, put them down. He wasn't trying to make it hard for them. He said, in fact, he's trying to make them, help them to see, hey, you can save face here. I mean, you, you, can, you, can, you can be a, in a place where you're not going to be ashamed. But just when you're invited, so go and recline in the lowest place so that when the one who invited you comes, he will tell you, friend, move up. Then you will have honor, right? He's teaching them about honor. Because he's appealing to their sense of, in those days, I mean, having honor is huge, huge, big deal. So then you will have honor in the presence of all who are reclining at the table with you. Yes, everyone who exalts himself will be humble, and whoever uh, humbles himself will be exalted. I can just imagine, perhaps you can just imagine, what the effect of, of what Jesus was saying to those people who were invited to the meal. And uh, I, can, uh, I can just imagine they were all perhaps running to, to get the, uh, that, that spot that's next to, to the host. And, uh, and, th and when Jesus said that, they were all like stopped dead in their tracks. All right? And then they sat down right away. I can just imagine all the faces all turning a bit red <laughs> and, uh, and wondering what's, what's going on here. And, uh, and don't want to be filled with shame. There's some dignity there. So from the scriptures, you can tell <coughs> in Proverbs 25, 6 to 7, uh, that Jesus is actually basically quoting from, from uh, uh, Proverbs 25. Do not honor yourself in the king's presence, nor stand in a place reserved for great people, because it's better to be told, come up here, than for you to be humiliated before a ruler whom your eyes have seen. Yeah, so... All the, uh, the leaders of the, uh, uh, the, uh, the Pharisees and the, all the good people that were invited to the meal, they would have known, oh yeah, Jesus is quoting that. <laughs> yeah, he, he knows what he's talking about. And uh, so, back uh, before, when Jesus asked the question, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? Do you remember that? And Jesus is basically 
saying to them, I know the scriptures. And it is lawful. Why? Because Deuteronomy chapter 22 verse 4 talks about if you see a fellow Israelite's ox or donkey fall on the road, go help and pick it up. Go help and pick it up. So this, Jesus is really basically teaching them, helping them, helping them to gain honor, helping them to, to and appealing to their honor, to appealing to the sense of, of what is really, really good and right. Then he also said in verse 12, Luke 14, to the one who had invited him, so he's addressing who? The host. The great Pharisee guy, right? And he's saying, when you make a dinner or a supper, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors so that perhaps they may also return the favor and pay you back. Oh, I know this, this tradition or this custom very well because I, I come from an Asian home. And, uh, I, and I come from Malaysia and uh, I've been in Canada a long, long time. But uh, I remember my parents throwing big parties huge parties, uh, and especially during Chinese New Year and, uh, and stuff like that. And, and they were huge, humongous parties. And in Malaysia, you're, you're, you're almost obligated to throw these big, huge parties because in, in, in the custom of the day, in where I come from in Malaysia, all the big shots in, in the, in the, in the uh, or, or those who are known to be big shots in the community would throw a big open house and when they say open house, it is not related to, to real estate there. It's open house like everybody comes and chow down, right? Everybody in the, in the village or wherever it is, you come and you, ex and you, and you eat at the house of the big guy, you know? And, uh, and this is what's happening here. Uh, basically, house of the, of the great Pharisee, the head Pharisee, the lead Pharisee, and, uh, and, and he's inviting who? He's inviting his community, his community, which is what? This guest list here. His friends, his brothers, his relatives. <laughs> Basically, he's addressing everybody too. And, uh, and rich neighbors. And the uh, and whole thing about opening up your house is to do what? So that you can curry favor. So that you can, hey, hey maybe they will come back next time and they will bring gifts or bring, bring something uh, to show their gratitude or to show that they are with you, to show that uh, you are friends. And, uh, and in this Asian culture, that happens a lot. That happens a lot. So you, 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 you learn to, to uh, bring, uh, you know, like I, I grew up, uh, my, I had this, uh, this Adidas uh, sneakers that I love to wear. I, I was in maybe grade four or something like that. And uh, my, my dad bought that for me. And I love wearing that until it had holes in it. And uh, I, I wouldn't give it up. And my mom would remind me, say, you will bring shame to the family if you keep wearing a, a sneaker that has holes in it. <laughs> look, look at the neighbors. I mean, they wear nice designer stuff and you're wearing a sneaker with holes in it. Yeah. I love that sneaker. This, uh, the, the first and only time I had an Adidas sneaker in, uh, in my life, right? And, uh, and I, w I love that sneaker. It was, it was white 
and, and uh, with, with blue stripes, you know, I, and uh, I, just, I just love it. And this, this whole idea of shame and honor, it, it's very big in, uh, in, the, in, in the Asian cultures and in the, uh, in the Middle Eastern as well. So when, when, uh, when Jesus talked about this, he's not trying to uh, look down on them. He's trying to say, hey, you really want honor? You really want honor? Verse 13, when you make a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot. Oh, this is, this is hard to take, <laughs> especially one who's grown up in that culture. They cannot repay you. What? I'm doing all this and get nothing? <laughs> they cannot. Oh, yeah, this is, this is terrible. This is terrible. Certainly, you will be repaid. When? In the resurrection of the righteous. And, and when speaking to people who are the, uh, Pharisees, they are the, they are the conservative uh, theological people, you know, and, uh, and they believe in the resurrection. They believe, not the Sadducees, but the, the, uh, the Pharisees, they believe in the, in the resurrection. So when he says, certainly you will be repaid, which in the house of the Pharisee, they all perhaps were already talking about resurrection and, and all that kind of stuff and believe in that, you will be repaid in the, in the resurrection of the righteous. They were thinking, man, that's going to be a long time before I get repaid. <laughs> yeah. And uh, anyhow, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. What a turnaround. Instead of a hall of fame guest list that we're going to give you back something, you're going to have a hall of shame guest list, like poor, crippled, lame, and blind. That does not compute. I mean, that <laughs> for them, that does not compute. So it is really interesting how Jesus, don't you just love Jesus, right? Just, just amazing in his, uh, in his, in his invitation to, to these Pharisees, helping them to, to overcome their, their, their honor-shame kind of a, a scenario here and, and saying, hey, you really want to honor? Make a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the outcasts, the, the ones that nobody wants to invite, the ones that, that, that are out there and, and, uh, and nobody pays attention to them. Then, then you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. Of course, there was silence, as you note, the whole story. They were all sitting there. They were all silent. When one of those at the table with him heard these things, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will feast in the kingdom of God. And I think he's on the right wavelength who will feast in the kingdom of God. Blessed is the one. But it's kind of like, you know, when they had awkward silence, it just suddenly someone piped up. And uh, it's kind of like saying, Hey, how's the weather? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. hey, hey, how about those blue jays? <laughs> yeah, the raptors and uh, and the maple leaves. Oh, the Canucks. You know, like, how how about those guys? You know, it's 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 kind of like trying to break the the uh, the tension that was there. And uh, so someone pipes up, "Blessed is the one who will feast in the kingdom of God." Oh yeah, and uh, and Jesus said to him. He kind of presses on. Certain man made a great banquet. Yeah, press on. Feasting, okay, 
I'm going to latch on to that. So, Make it a great banquet and invited many people. When it was time for the banquet, he sent out his servants to tell those who were invited, come because everything is now ready. But they all began to make excuses. And you know, if you read on, the excuses weren't buy up. I, I, got, I got myself some, some, uh, some real estate here, you know, bought a field. Uh, I got myself a real, real uh, thoroughbred here, like five oxen. I'm gonna, I'm, uh, I got to test them out. Oh, and uh, I, I just got married, so I can come. So all begin to make excuses. All begin to make excuses. And, and when the excuses were reported back to the man who wanted to throw that big banquet, the ser- servant arrived, reported these things to the master, and the master of the house was, what? Angry. And said to his servant, go out quickly. And uh, into the streets, into the alleys, and you know it's way out there, right? The outside, you know, and the, the outcast kind of people. And bring in here the poor, again, repeating. So when the Bible tells us to, uh, or when they write something that says it's repeated, you must pay attention. <laughs> and this is it. Who gets into God's kingdom? The poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. you get that? The poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And so we get a glimpse here of what the guest list of God looks like. The servant said, Master, what you commanded has been done, and there is due room. I love that. It shows how big God's restaurant is going to be. It's going to be huge, and there will be room. It speaks about God's grace. It speaks about how he wants all of us, all of us to be on that guest list. And then the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and the hedges and urge them to come in so that my house may be filled. Oh, he wants his house to be filled. A big, but there's still room. Yes, I tell you that none of these men who were invited will taste my banquet. And again, he's speaking to the Pharisees, speaking to that room that's filled with all the Pharisees, uh, the hate Pharisees' good friends. And verse 24, it kind of abruptly ends the story there. Didn't tell us what the outcome of the uh, whole conversation that Jesus had with them. He didn't didn't say, oh, by the way, they they kind of lost their appetite, and uh, you know, was, I'm not eating bread here anymore. You know, like I, I think I'm just going to go home. Like, uh, just they, it didn't tell us any more of the outcome because that's not the interest of Luke. Luke is interested in the guest list. They look at the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Guess who is coming to dinner, to God's dinner? So today, as we think about that. <coughs> Think about the uh, fine dining that was there at the house of the Pharisee. It was basically, a, I, I believe it was a ruin. <laughs> or oh, was it joy? Because if you look at Jesus' reputation, as Luke himself would point out in Luke chapter 7, verse 33 and onwards, it says, For John the Baptist has come without eating bread or drinking wine, and you say he has a demon? The Son of Man. 
has come eating and drinking and say and you say look man who is a glutton a drunkard a friend of tax collectors and sinners <coughs> and here's a sense of uh, John the Baptist it's he's a revered prophet and uh, and Luke is saying look at Jesus what a reputation he has I believe that uh, Jesus was also invited because he, uh, to that house of the, of, the, of the great lead Pharisee. And one of the reasons, I think, that is not mentioned there, is think about this. When you invite somebody to your house, do you want to invite somebody who's going to criticize you? <laughs> or do you want to invite somebody who is going to be a, a life of the party, right? Who's going to come to your house and, uh, and just, hey, thank you. And they will say to you, you're a great host. And who will appreciate you, right? Going to this house of the Pharisee, I think everybody knew his, that he's going to be a joyful person. Why? Because he comes eating and drinking. <laughs> and he comes, and he's a so-called glutton and a drunkard a friend of tax collectors. He's going to be a life of the party. Some of us think of Jesus, you know, in the way that we think of uh, all those movies that we've seen about Jesus in, in, the, in, in, in the popular uh, theaters and, and so on, right? And when you see him, he's always monotone, you know, you know just, just, just speaks in monotone and, and, and there's always a sadness about him and there's, there's, no, there's no joy. But if you really, really read the scriptures, you will find that Jesus is full of joy. He says, I, I want to give you my joy. <laughs> Right? I want, I want you to, I'm the bread of life, eat me, kind of thing, right? <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah. And, and here is a sense of, of, uh, of again, Luke chapter 7, a drunkard, uh, a glutton, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Look at Jesus' reputation. And sometimes we see it as, oh, he is such a stickler for rules. No, he's not. Hey, and, and you read the scriptures properly, you'll see that he is full of joy, full of love, full of grace, and always wanting lost people to, to come to him, to love them and to tell them about his father and how the father has sent him to die on a cross for all of our sins and to bring us home, to be totally restored, to have a Sabbath with him and eat bread with him. And that's why we break bread today, to remember that, right? remember that. So, is it joy or is this just a fine dining experience that have been ruined? So there's a shocking reversal that happens in, in Luke's uh, telling of the story. This is uh, in Luke chapter 22, right at the, in, in the con in context of uh, Luke's Last Supper, right? Luke's uh, Lord's Supper telling of the story. And here he, there was a dispute that was going on with the disciples about which of them were con considered to be the greatest. But he told them the kingdom of the Gentiles lorded over them and, uh, and those who have authority over them, they are, uh, they are called benefactors. But it is not going to be that way with you. Instead, let the greatest among you become like the youngest and the one who leads like the one who serves. First shall be last. And last shall be first. I, I'm going to grant a kingdom to you just as my father granted to me so that you may eat and drink at my table. You're going to feast with me. How? 
when you realize you got to be humble. Be the humble one. Be the one who serves instead of be the entitled one. And, you know, everything is about me. No. People of God, we got to be a people who serve. I'm thankful that, you know, you folks are going to Myanmar and serve. Let's do that. Let's serve. Let's serve one another. Let's not be the boss of somebody, right? Let's really, really give our hearts. And let's be so broken in our hearts because we know that we have been loved by God and so filled with God we can give to others. And we don't need to look after ourselves because God himself will be the one who will look after us. And so we can go and serve and be a blessing to others. So guess who is coming to God's dinner? It's a shocking guest list. A list that includes the poor, the blind, the crippled, and the lame. But I think we need to repent also from being merely the good guys. The Pharisees were seen as the good guys, right? Who were who are the holy ones. But Jesus told them, you got to be more than just the good guys. You got to be humble. You got to be with the shocking guest list kind of people. And then turn around and redefine what honor really is. Honor is becoming like a slave, like a servant. Service. And then how are you going to be repaid? Not now. With the eschatological fine dining with Jesus when, he, when he's going to come back and take us all home with him. So guess who's coming? I trust that it will be you, that, uh, that you are on this guest list. Maybe perhaps today you're sensing that uh, you're, you're not on the list yet. Well, today you can make it happen. How? But just saying, I, I know I'm spiritually blind, I'm spiritually lame, I'm spiritually crippled. I'm, I'm there. And you know what Jesus will be saying? You're going to get honor by becoming a disciple. How? Just trust him. Just trust him. Let's pray. Father God, as we uh, think about all this, that's this whole story in Luke chapter 14, help us to remember that uh, you, are, you are with us. Jesus, you sent us your love and your grace through the gospel of Luke, and may we just be able to latch onto that today. Perhaps some are struggling here, and I pray for them that you would walk with them, help them to see that uh, there's room, there's room, so much room in the kingdom of God for everyone who, who is struggling. Perhaps they're seeing themselves as, as poor and crippled and blind and lame. But God, would you reach out to them? Would you restore them? Help them to have a smile on their face again so that they know that, uh, you, that you are always with them and that you're willing to share food with them. So be with all of us as we think about your, your gospel, your good news for all of us here. 
in this place. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Andrew, for that message. What a, a challenge for the church for us to remember who our master is. And when the master sends out his servant, that's you. That he's called you to be his servants to go and reach out to those that are crippled, those that are blind, to bring them into the house of God. What a challenge. It, that everything that Jesus says is so countercultural to what society tells us. That we need the fame, that we need the honor, that we need the, the privileges. Yet Jesus turns all of that and says, go and serve others. So this message is such a great start to even what we're launching ourselves into for this next season. I believe God is calling this church to go and serve their community. It's calling this church to go and do something that is so countercultural. And so we're asking you as a church to come and take that challenge and, and, and be in that place where God is saying, hey, I need you to go serve that person. I need you to go and bring that person in. I need you to go and help that person. All right, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you have in scripture. And Lord, we love that you are a God that does things so differently that the world is not able but to look and see. So, Father God, we ask for you to come and bring an encouragement to our spirit. Bring us into a place where we understand your calling for your church. So, Lord, we thank you for who you are and what you're doing in our lives. But we ask that everything that we do brings glory and honor to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Be blessed. We'll see you guys next week. You don't want to miss it.